Hello, all you lovely people. Mitchell Lee alongside Brandon, too. Thank you for tuning in to Press Play Action here on Jersey Nerds Productions. And today, Brandon, we're going to be talking about how death cannot, or rather, love can be overcome by death. Death, love, the, the, the two being connected, Brandon. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. are we doing, Brandon? Well, you know, love conquers all. I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, man. A good good combo com- good combo of movies together, by the way. Um, I don't know if I gave you praise for that, but good combo. That is something that uh, we're going to have a lot less of the whole, like, let's review The French Connection and Little Man. We're going to try to have these movies connect in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's kind of a loose thread, we're going to have something to connect the two. And this, you've got two movies about how... Uh, even after death, the power of love can 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 overcome. So, Brandon, let's go ahead and start things off. In the summer of 1990, both of us were dead, or rather, just we weren't we weren't alive yet. Uh, I don't know if "dead" is the right word. Unborn. Unborn. Yes, that makes it sound like we're we're zombies, and we'll we'll get to that later. But this is the movie Ghost. Directed by Jerry Zucker, which is very strange because Jerry Zucker was known for like spoof type movies. Like he made Airplane with his brother David Zucker. He made Top oh. Secret. He's he's known for more of uh you know, he wrote Kentucky Fried Movie, more comedies, that type of thing. And this was uh, a definite break from that. He was expanding his writing range. I love it. We didn't write this movie. Well, he directed, directed it. Directing range, yeah. yeah. Who wrote so, the movie? So, uh, Bruce Joel Rubin. Okay. Who I have never heard of. He also he wrote. went on to write Stuart Little too. So, okay, good job, well, Mr. Rubin. Well, Stuart Little too is <laughs> a good movie, right? Decent movie. He has no chance against Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille. Okay. <laughs> uh, this one stars Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and Tony Goldwyn. Yeah, and I knew next to nothing about this movie going in, except Same. for the only thing I knew is people like I I mentioned it to you to Sarah and someone else. And they're just like, oh, the pottery scene. Yeah, I, I know the pottery but, scene. I, I think, think, I think like, you said that too. Yeah, everyone's and seen I was that like, scene, that, I guess. What are you talking like, about? Outside and, of and, that, I've never, yeah, I don't know anything else about the movie. And and, and we'll get to that. Uh, this came out in the summer of 1990. It was the second highest grossing movie of nice. 1990, Brandon. It made oh. $217 million domestically. Yeah. And it made $505 million worldwide. So this movie raked in the money. Yeah, that's incredible. Despite the fact that it did not even get to number one at the box office on its opening weekend. Brandon, I will give you $100 if you can tell me what was number one that weekend without looking it up. 1990? What what, uh, what, what, uh, month or like? July. 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 Nope. I I can see the fingers moving. You're looking it up. No, no, no. I'm not. I got a message. Um. Yeah, from Google. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, Die Hard Two. 
Die, oh, Die Hard 2. Die oh. Hard 2 in its second weekend beat Ghost, but Ghost just kept on chugging along. Everyone wanted to see it, and it did It did really well. It was also nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards that year, which went down in history as the time that they gave Dances with Wolves Best Picture over Goodfellas, which probably not the greatest decision looking back on things. I mean, Dances with Wolves is a, is a good movie. Goodfellas is a phenomenal It's an movie. all-time classic. Right. So, uh, this did win, uh, ghost won best, uh, original screenplay. So congratulations to Mr. Rubin. Stuart little two is not the peak of your career. <laughs> and, uh, Whoopi Goldberg won for best supporting actress. Now I'm, I'm 29. Brandon, you're, you're 29 as well. Correct. Yeah, correct. When I think of Whoopi Goldberg, I don't think like, Oh, actress that was like really good movies in the early, uh, or the early nineties and, and the eighties. I don't think sister act. I don't think ghost. I don't think the color purple. I think the view. Yeah. So it was really interesting to watch this movie. And, uh, personally, I thought that Whoopi Goldberg was the highlight of it. I, and you know, she, she won the Oscar for it. So clearly other people thought the same, uh, Go ahead and dive into the plot. I do kind of think of, like, Sister Act when I think of her. Like, I think of her Sister Act when I think of her. And didn't they make a Sister Act, too? Like, I I Yeah. I know my mom was a big fan of those movies. I I don't know why. Maybe I just made that up. But I remember them being on a lot. Yeah, I mean, and and she's really good in those movies. So that's where I kind of, like, got my first impression of Whoopi Goldberg. And and then, like you said, yeah, Whoopi's on um, The View all the time. Or she was on The View all the time. So, like, kind of nowhere from daytime television if you stayed home you you saw her i guess yeah if you were sick or uh, your mom sick, just had it on in quotes. the summertime yeah i was gonna say sick in quotes but yeah so this movie's about a young man by the name of sam played by patrick swayze and he is uh he's with his girl molly played by uh demi moore but he is killed and he is now he's a ghost maybe he's like in between heaven and hell something along those lines purgatory yeah and he is trying to find some way to communicate with his girlfriend because the killer is not done yet and he has to communicate with the help of a uh like a failed psychic or a scam psychic uh Otome Brown real- played by Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg Turns out to be a real psychic slash medium. Like that's a, that's yep, the best much, part yeah. is that she's like, oh, I I was faking this whole time, but now I'm like, this is actually now, now I actually I actually can do this. I I do like that the fact that they kind of touch on in the movie that her family, like everyone before, could actually talk to dead people, and she can't. And told so she just kind of has to fake it, but yeah. now she she kind of figured it out kind of through Sam. Um, I'll just go ahead and dive into this. I, I liked this movie. It took me a a little bit to kind of get into things. Yeah. And I, I think that there's good chemistry between Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. That's strong. Uh, that pottery scene is earlier in the movie than I expected. 
I, oh, it's yeah, the thing I was that expecting people, it to be like the one of the last scenes in the movie. Yeah, because like, people talk about it, and I'm like, all right. Usually the move, the scene that people talk about the most isn't in the first like 15 minutes. No, nah, but that's, that, a, that's a hot that, scene. That's what it was. Hot scene, Mitchell. And you could definitely feel the chemistry between Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, and I think that that was a positive. Uh, personally, I I think we could have used maybe a little bit more time with them. Right. But maybe, maybe that's just a nitpick on my part. I could have gotten to know them a little bit better before he died. But I think if I was picking nits, I would say the same thing too. If I was picking nits, I would say the same thing. I think the approach that the movie takes is we'll kill Patrick Swayze off and you'll get to learn more about them while While he's trying to reach out to her, Right. which I think worked for a lot of people. I just personally would have, maybe it's just a me thing. I, I think this movie picks up a lot once Whoopi Goldberg comes into the picture. I think that she completely owns this movie. As good as the chemistry is between Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, I think the chemistry between Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg was even better. And, and the, the way that they have to communicate with each other to try to communicate with Demi Moore, I thought that that stuff was the most interesting and the way that they're trying to figure out this stuff involving, I don't want to, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to spoilers. It is kind of the most obvious thing. There's This movie tries to have like a twist and it's like, no, I, no, stop. Maybe that's no. why, maybe that's what they were going with. Cause he, yeah, there isn't a twist. Um, I guess you're kind of alluding to it. Uh, Tony, Tony Goldwyn um, as Carl, Carl Brunner. Um, I guess we're getting right into it then. Well, no, I mean, I mean, welcome, welcome to my list of of most hated TV uh, villains or TV or movie characters. Like, wait, welcome to like the top ten of my list because oh, I do really? not like this character at all. In terms of like what the character did in the movie made me like. Oh, he I thought you were saying that you didn't like yeah. him. No, no, I thought he was very good as the character outside of, I guess, making it obvious, but. Um, yeah, it, well, we'll say it for spoilers, but what what it comes down to is his actions. I feel like as, it's too late for that. <laughs> you think? I mean, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm I feel like we've saying, alluded to it plenty. Yeah, and if you watch this movie and you've ever seen a movie here. before, you're gonna right. know what's going on. Right, right, right. And I, I think they try to play it up is, as a twist. Right. My point is, it's not really a twist, and you can kind of tell. But at the end of the day, like his actions, you're like that guy is like. A terrible person <laughs> like what are we doing here so um yeah i just oh and then he was all grimy too oh uh, welcome to the top of my list like you're you're not close to like wild bill and and you know percy but you know you're creeping into like jenny territory at this point <laughs> like it was not great i like how you have your list set up already where it's like Percy Wetmore is at the very top of the list. And no, then Wild right Bill is at the very top because Wild Bill is a disgusting. Oh, that, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, but Percy <laughs> is Percy is definitely like one B at that point. And then yeah, mm-hmm. we got Jenny like two, three. She's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's on the list now. He's probably he's probably in the top ten. I mean, he's not a great, not a great, not a great person. Um. But yeah, uh, I I do like some of like the throwaway scenes, I guess you would say. 
Um, you know, Phil leads as the emergency emergency room ghost. Uh, he meets in the emergency room. It, it's kind of interesting. Like it's a it's a cool like you know throwaway um scene. And then like there's one where he meets a, a, the subway ghost. I kind of like the subway ghost as well. I wish like, they had done more with that guy in the subway. Right, same. Yeah, I just I found him. Like those I found him interesting, and it just felt like he was there for like I felt like there was a more interesting backstory with that guy that we just yeah they never, kind of alluded never learned to about. He was like, it wasn't my time to go. Like everyone thinks I like killed myself on purpose, and like I didn't. Like I, you know, I was. Like, I kind of want to see that, like, storyline yeah. play out, like, play it out. But I know the story is not about that ghost. Maybe we'll get a spinoff and we'll get the Subway ghost. <laughs> I mean, that movie came out 34 years ago. I feel like that that's not happening, Brandon. <laughs> can always dream, Mitchell. You can always dream. I'll, I'll write it myself, actually. Yeah, thanks. And unfortunately, that actor left us uh, 19 years ago. So uh, Well, maybe we'd have to get someone else. But yeah, no, um, there was, like I was saying, there's some very interesting, like, throwaway scenes where they feel like throwaways, but well, they're actually, like, some of the best scenes in the movie. Um, yeah, especially the subway, the subway ghost. So, um, so yeah. The um, killer, the killer felt a little bit like a cartoon doofus to me. Yeah, but. Like, <laughs> I, I just felt like things were very easily solved. Well, sure. Like the, big, I mean, the biggest problem of the movie. To, that's, I mean, that's it, the problem, but yeah. The bigger problem of the movie was just figuring out a way to get Demi Moore to believe that Whoopi Goldberg is doing what she says that she's doing. And that's kind of most of what you follow with the movie because Patrick Swayze, I mean, he's dead. He can follow anybody and they don't know that he's there. So he's able to figure things out pretty quickly. And I liked that it wasn't... It wasn't necessarily a murder mystery, but they do kind of try to play it off as a twist when you find out who did what. Well, and I, I think why it happened is more of like the twist than like who actually did it is what I would say. Because you're like, oh, he did that for this reason. You're like, wow, that makes him even more of a scummy person. Um, So, yeah, that's where I would go with that. I will say, um, it. I do like the scene where Odame is like yelling up to the apartment and like giving away like very secretive information. <laughs> like I remember yeah. the picture we took in Reno and stuff like that. And it, and like I, I do like that. Uh, you kind of get to like through Molly as she slowly figures out that like this is actually real. Um, I think she believed within like the first, you know. 10 minutes um and then something else happens in the movie and she kind of like loses faith a little bit and then it, and then it comes back around so uh yeah i really i really like that part of the movie and that's really what we get with this movie so i think if you like that then you're going to like most of the movie um is kind of where i was going with that yeah no i'm, I'm with you on that uh demi moore was good i i I'm always I've always been a big Demi Moore fan just because I love a few good men. Yeah, that's fair. That, she's that's, really good. That's, good that's an all time classic, and she's really good in that. I haven't seen her in a whole lot, so it was nice to see her in something different. Uh, you you said it, uh, Tony Goldwyn. Whenever I see him in a movie, I just kind of assume, hey, he's probably not the best guy in the world. He's not on the up and up. 
<laughs> no, and he was an Oppenheimer, so yeah. he's always going to get credit for that, even though he was kind of in a small role. Uh, I don't think there's necessarily a ton to talk about with this one because it's pretty. It's a pretty straightforward movie. Uh, I thought it was paced pretty well. It's a two-hour, seven-minute movie, which I. It felt like an hour 45, hour 50, which is one of my bigger compliments that I can give the movie, is it felt like it didn't necessarily waste time, even though a lot of it is just, hey, you're still trying to get this person to believe you, but it felt very consequential. But apart yeah, from exactly. but apart from Whoopi Goldberg in this movie, there's also nothing in it that really makes me feel like this is a best picture nominated movie. Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to figure out why it was nominated for best picture, I guess. Um, Cause I don't really feel it. Um, it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. And I just don't think it would have been like a top 10 movie, a top 20 movie of, of that year. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of 1990, so I need to, we'll get there eventually as you, as you like to say, Mitchell, it's on the list, but, um, I just, I don't know. I can, there's got to be more um, in it. And I did just, like, put it together that uh, Tony Goldwyn was in King Richard and uh, Lovecraft Country as Samuel Braithwaite. So hmm. I did just put that together. Um, I don't know if that's, like, later on in Lovecraft Country because I know that you've seen, like, bits and pieces of Lovecraft Country. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just put that together that he was in King Richard. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He is in King Richard. But um, yeah, I I think overall the the movie, I think it works. I think the concept also works. Maybe they could have done it a little bit different, and like that's where I'd be, you know, nitpicking. But for the most part, I, I enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed Whippy Goldberg the most. I think she deserved her Oscar, um, or at least it's an Oscar worthy performance, um, worthy of the Golden Statue. I haven't seen all of the other Same. Best Supporting Actress nominees. The only other ones that I've seen are, uh, yeah, Goodfellas and Dances with Wolves each have one nominated, but I would I would go with Whoopi Goldberg over both of those two from what I'm looking at. Originally, they who they wanted to play Sam was Bruce Willis. That would he turned weird. it down. And I feel like this is a better role for uh for Patrick Swayze personally. And I mean, they Swayze's really also, wanted I mean, Dirty Dancing is like I feel like his peak almost. Um, but this is this is probably I mean, he has some like iconic roles, like and they're kind of like in a four year window, right? Like Dirty Dancing, then Ghost. Before that it was Roadhouse. And then he went to Point Break in 91. Like, that's some, like, peak, like, four years right there for Patrick Swayze. Like, I mean, Point Break's I, probably always going to be my favorite of those four. Although, right. I will admit I haven't seen Roadhouse. I will yeah, try to really change that. Yeah. I'll try to change that before the, uh, the remake with Jake Gyllenhaal comes out. Because I want to watch that, but I feel like I should watch the Patrick Swayze one before. And I then just, so. like, see how they compare or, like, what. Yeah, because yeah, I bet see. they'll be very different. But, but um, that's kind of like a I, iconic like four year stretch for uh, for Swayze. Yeah, so I'm I'm with it. And, and apparently, uh, Patrick Swayze was the one that pounded the table 
for Whoopi Goldberg to get cast because originally they wanted Tina Turner. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, I. There's a remake to Dirty Dancing. No, there isn't. I think they're making one. It might be a sequel. I know there's uh, what's it like, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Yeah, that's what I was also looking at, and I was like, that's not of some sort. Yeah, it's a spinoff. That's not like a real like sequel. Um, We'll see. But uh, yeah, I I, at the end of the day, I um, like I said, enjoyed this movie. Enjoyed Whoopi Goldberg, and I I think the other performances by like Demi Moore, Tony Tony Goldwyn, uh, Swayze, I think it carries the movie. Um, the concept is really interesting and, and unique. Um, if I had like one gripe and this, this isn't really a spoiler cause it happens, but like they kill Swayze's character a little too soon is for my taste. Like maybe let's give them 55 minutes instead of 25 in my, in my I opinion. feel like uh, maybe it was 15, 20, something like that. But yeah, yeah. They, it happened pretty early. Uh, another thing just to, if, if you're listening and you're like, huh, maybe I should check this out that you should be aware of. This movie came out in 1990, and it does utilize some special effects. Then they look like they're from 1990. So it's just something that you have to just yeah. be just mindful of that and, and know that that's something that you're getting into. You know, you're not exactly watching Caesar and Planet of the Apes level CGI going on here. I mean, to, for, for it didn't what it me. was, yeah, for what it was, I, I actually kind of liked it, and the shots are kind of cool. Um, There's an effect that they do with, like, sending people down to hell that yeah. is simple, and I liked that it it's wasn't effective. overly, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I was like, all right, cool, I, I buy that, that works for yeah. me. Right. All right, Brandon, you want to give us your grade? Because I have not seen your letterboxed. You've kept this very close to the close to the vest. So, sir. yeah, I, like I said, I don't think this would make like a top 20 of any list that I'd, I'd have. But I'm going to go B plus 65.2. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Brandon and I are very similar in a lot of reviews, and this one's not going to be any different. I'm also going B+. I'm at a lower B+, though. I'm at 17.89. Okay. So it's lower on the list for me. However, I did enjoy watching this, and I would recommend it to someone that wants kind of a, uh, a fun romantic drama to watch with some supernatural elements. Yeah, I know that's, that's kind of a specific a specific itch, but no, hey, no, this scratches it. it. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Um, but I think overall, I think what pushed this into more of like the higher B plus for me is just Whoopi Goldberg is just so phenomenal in this movie, and like you said, she really takes over the screen. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm I'm more interested in what your grade for the next movie might be because right, let's, like let's, we won't have a di- a difference, but we might. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm fascinated to see where you fall on this because of the fact that you haven't shared anything with me, and maybe we should keep that the the status quo moving forward, where we, we don't, don't talk to each to. other. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I mean, some of these, it's going to be kind of obvious. Like, I knew you were going to come on and give Pulp Fiction an F. Like, that wasn't something that was going to happen. 
Right. But let's let's go ahead and talk about Warm Bodies. This one came out February 1st, 2013, and it was uh, number one at the box office with $20 million opening weekend, and it did pretty well, $66 million domestic, three, uh, $117 million worldwide on a pretty low budget. Directed by Jonathan Levine, this was his follow-up to 50-50, which is a, mm-hmm. a really solid movie from 2011. I'm a little disappointed in what has happened since then because he's kind of fallen off. He did 50-50, Warm Bodies, then The Night Before, which is a fantastic Christmas comedy. Then he did Snatched with Amy Schumer, which was not good. And then Long Shot with Seth Rogen that I liked. But he hasn't done anything since, so I'm... I. Hopefully he makes a comeback. We'll see. This stars Nicholas Holt, Teresa Palmer, Rob Corddry, Dave Franco, Leo Tipton, and John Malkovich. And this is labeled as a paranormal romantic zombie comedy based on a 2010 novel, which was inspired by Romeo and Juliet, which I watched this with my fiance, Sarah, and about halfway through, she said, so this has to be based on Romeo Romeo and Juliet in some way. I mean, and yeah. Then something, and then something happened that made it so incredibly obvious that, yeah, this is a callback to Romeo and Juliet that you couldn't really ignore it. It's about a, uh, a zombie named R, because that's the only part of his name that he remembers, and this girl named Julie, played by Teresa Palmer, and their eventual romance and what it might lead to. Yeah, that's a good... In the middle of the zombie apocalypse, by the way. Yeah, that's a good synopsis. Yeah, in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. Um, God, where to start with this? Uh, Another Franco makes an appearance. Dave Franco is in the movie. Always like that. uh, It's our third Dave Franco movie. Yeah, we 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 love Dave Franco. I don't know if we love Dave Franco, but we don't. I mean, I, I think we. I, I like the Francos. This is the third straight Dave Franco movie where I feel like they didn't give Dave Franco much to do. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, I do yeah, like overall, Dave Franco, but I also would like Dave Franco to have more stuff to do. Yeah, no, very good point. Um, overall, I think the opening like. 10 minutes where it's more like monologue based or uh or him voicing over uh kind of talking through his brain where he can't he can't really talk but like you hear his thoughts um i think that is a very interesting way to open the movie and i actually enjoyed that a lot um and i know they continued that theme throughout where you would kind of hear his inner thoughts but i almost wanted that to like continue like in an even bigger part of um, kind of, which was, which didn't happen, but um, for the most part, but I think the way they opened the movie is very interesting, and um, yeah, also the way it opens, whether he's in an airport, is where he ends up being at during the zombie apocalypse, which is a little bit interesting that all these zombies are in an airport. It's got to be an interesting uh place to be uh, as a zombie. So uh, yeah, I'm all for uh. I mean, is it not? What? I mean, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? 
airports a, are an interesting place to be for a zombie. What does that mean? It, what I mean is it's a big <laughs> open like building or like multiple buildings. Like there's a lot of space is what I was kind of getting at. So like were they all sequestered there? Did they like get herded into the uh, airport and like that's where they have to live now? Like that's kind of what I was just intrigued by the fact that they're all at an airport like that's a very odd choice of a of a place to like kind of be a zombie but uh i don't know Um, they're a place of public transport if anyone goes there they can eat them uh, yeah i guess i mean also like how many of those people died in the airport and then turned into yeah maybe and it's like yeah a lot of these zombies aren't exactly moving very quickly so where else are you gonna go fair but um, overall, I'm I, on the dot on I the like uh, monologue to start though. I thought that yeah. uh, that was, uh, it was funny. It was interesting. It gave you a different, it gave you a different perspective on what these zombies are going to be like. It it clues you in on the fact that it is going to be a lot more comedic than. Right. I mean, you have to understand that this came out in 2013, which was an interesting point in time to release a movie like this because not only did you have the walking dead going on and world war z was coming out that summer so it was a big point in time for zombie content but this was also a ya novel and it got a lot of comparisons to stuff like twilight so there was a big zombie craze and people were looking forward to it but ah you're making it like twilight I don't really want to see something like that. So this movie had right. a lot working for it as well as a lot working against it. But I think that most people that went to go check it out, it has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And yeah. most people that checked it out and were willing to, it's not Twilight. It's not taking itself as seriously as something like Twilight. It's got actors that are actually allowed to act. Because Twilight had decent actors. I mean, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are really tremendous actors that just weren't really given much to work with. Nicholas Holt, also a, a really good actor. I mean, we if you've seen The Menu or Mad Max Fury Road or The Favorite, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does as Lex Luthor. I think he'll be great in that. If you've seen a lot of Nicholas Holt, you know that this guy is a really good actor and he's got some good comedic chops and he's allowed to do a lot with this role and I think that's what he's, sets this apart from something like a Twilight. Which is interesting because even as a zombie, like he's he's allowed to express emotion and and give range. And yeah, it's it's a very interesting take. Um also, I guess when zombie content is coming out at that point, you know, with like especially the Walking Dead and, and World War Z, you're kind of getting it from the the people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. Well, what if we get the point of view of an actual zombie? Like, to me, that kind of makes it, like, split off from, like, all other zombie content. Where it's more focused on the zombie than focused on anything else. Um, Which I kind of enjoyed. Because I don't think we get that a lot in terms of, let's follow the zombie. We get a lot of, let's follow the vampires, let's follow the werewolves. Like, why don't zombies get their shine, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of kind of appreciated that aspect of it that it kind of it kind of gave you a different point of view and it kind of like stuck with that and that was kind of it's it's like hammer to nail type of thing it was it was let's hammer this home um and, and really take it 
to another level. And I think it did a really good job of that. And I liked that they, I think they did a much better job with the female character than yeah. they did with Twilight. I mean, Bella's just a, it's interesting Bella's that you're comparing it character. to Twilight because as soon as I saw this movie, Twilight Eclipse, then uh, then auto played on a. That was Max. the the recommendation. Yeah, yeah oh, that was man. the recommendation. So. I'm so sorry. I had to watch like the first ten minutes of that, and then I was like, "Oh, I remember. These movies are not good." Uh, so to be fair, as much as I hate Eclipse, one of the better Twilight movies. So yeah, that's fair. No, that's a good point. But um, yeah, I it's think they do... in between some bad ones. But Teresa Teresa Palmer is just also a good actress. I've liked her right. in, you know, Lights Out uh hacksaw ridge she's she's a very good actress of anything i think i wish we saw more of her and they make her not a bumbling doofus which is was a nice change of pace because usually the the girl in these movies is just kind of an idiot and she maybe it's because her dad is like one of the like head commanders uh you know helping people to survive this zombie apocalypse is that she has some she has some instincts she has some smarts to her and she has and a lot of these movies you have characters that just kind of seem like they're trying to die and she's not like that at all she oh, kind of tries the, the opposite yeah she tr she tries something once where you're like I see why you would try to do that even though R told you not to because he is a zombie. I would understand not like trusting him completely right away, but then you, you kind of ran into some trouble and you adjusted. And I liked that. It, it made me want to root. And, and a lot of these zombie movies, you're just kind of rooting for carnage. You're just rooting for people to die. And this or was people one or zombies to get killed. Yeah. Or zombies. Yeah. Get killed. And this is one where you're actively rooting for like, all right, let's 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 figure this thing out. And that was nice. Yeah, yeah. I I think that part of the movie it kind of elevates the rest of the movie where it's not just killing zombies and it's not just killing humans. It's more of you get to see them kind of try to figure it out um those two together. I, I do like some of the other the other actors um and actresses with supporting roles um you know dave franco like i said as perry her, her boyfriend is he's not given a lot of screen time and he's not given a lot of to do but when he's on screen it's it, it works um and same with like you know m his uh r's best friend uh i think that i, I think really that chemistry between those two yeah i think rob cordry is very good in this movie um and he's not given a ton to do but what he's given, he he really like executes it. So I really. Like I think that. he's given a lot to do. He's just not given a lot of dialogue, so he has to do yeah, a lot of acting without you know acting with, you know, facial expressions or something like that. And the dialogue that he does get, he has one line that I just didn't expect, and it really made me laugh. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of his whenever he pops up and stuff. He's another one of those let's just put him in more things kind of person. This movie has a lot of those. Did you like the romance angle of this better or did you like the comedic angle or what what worked more for you? I think the comedic angle works more 
just because I think there are some great, like, one-liners and funny stuff. And I feel like they were almost, like, poking fun at The Walking Dead at one point, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but overall, I, I think I just like the comedy a little bit more than the love story. And it's not like the love story was wrong or, like, that angle is bad. Um, it works. And you definitely at least buy it um which is kind of what you need to to go for because the the angle of the story is like she falls in love with a zombie and that's kind of weird so you do need to kind of have some buy-in there but overall i just like the one-liners better and like you were saying like rob cordry's character like when he what his his line is just hilarious like there's like a couple of those moments where it's like, okay, that's a really funny line. Um, yeah. So I just, I like the comedic, uh, kind of point of like standpoint of this movie. Um, what did you like the comedic angle or the, or the loving? I think I liked, I think I liked the comedy a little bit better too. Uh, although I liked that the romance took its time and, yeah it didn't with, just like slam it in your face like here it is like, well it just didn't it, it it evolved you know it's a romance between a zombie and a human being so it's not going to start at a hundred you've got to work your way up and i, yeah, I like that this at movie, like a five <laughs> like a three. exactly yeah the i i like the fact that this movie didn't just make Teresa Palmer's character smitten with him right away. She has this curiosity and they spend some time together out of necessity because she's like, Hey, I'm, I have a place to just survive that this zombie is giving me. Let me just ride this out until I feel like it's not safe to do so anymore. So it's a story-based reason why why these two are spending time. It's not just a girl going, "Hey, I want to sit on that zombie's face." That's not that's not what we have going on here, right? <laughs> so it makes a lot more sense. It's easier to buy. It's easier to root for. So that when there's there's an arc, and I like that. There's an arc from where they start to where they end, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm that I I could believe watching it the whole way through. One of the things that I wasn't as big of a fan of, and this happens all the time with movies when you have something that is seen as bad, but they're trying to make it better, or they're trying to humanize that group, is you have this just like other group of zombies, and they're even mm. worse. And so naturally, when you need the zombies and the humans to kind of start working together, there's this other group that they can all there's just a stand common this, enemy. Com- yeah. this common enemy. And from the second that you see these, uh, they're, they're called bonies. The second that you see them, and they actually kind of look like the uh, the go- the ghost effects that we were just praising from Ghost. In 1990, where it's just like kind of black blobs, but wow, it those, doesn't work those as well. Blobs are fast. That's what they're not just yeah. blobs. They they move. But as soon as I saw them, I'm like, all right. So we're gonna those are gonna be used to do this, and it. I just didn't find that so, angle of the story very interesting. 
I get what you're saying because I feel like that's kind of like a cop out or like that's how you kind of have to get to the angle that they were trying to get to. But I will say their explanation for why the bonies are too far gone and the other zombies aren't is interesting take on it. Like, oh, they're they're too far gone. Like they're they're at this point. They're almost too zombie. Like, there's no hope for them. So, like, we don't feel as bad killing them. Or we don't... Or, like, there's a reason they're attacking us. As the other zombies. Because they're so far gone. Like, to me, I thought that worked. Personally. There was a movie that I watched last year that came out in 2010 called Daybreakers. And they took kind of a similar approach where it's a movie about vampires. And if vampires haven't had blood within a certain range they turn into these really like it was actually a really cool creature design which made it more interesting and there was a more story-based reason for why they became that so i i and they could also go they weren't just stuck there forever so i thought that it was done more interesting Mm. in that movie that movie was also more of a horror drama type of thing Whereas this was a romantic comedy. So I'm not expecting them to go all into the creature design the same way that something like that would. However, it would have been cool to see. Yeah, I, I do agree with you that the concept of the bonies is is interesting. But the execution of like the look and how they looked as creatures. Uh, yeah, it also did not work for me. But I do like that like when they become bonies they are faster they're quicker they move a little more agile um and you don't get that a lot from zombie stuff um and i think the one movie that does that exceptionally well is the movie you brought up earlier that came out this summer um of that year 2013 world war z i think world war z gives you a very unique look at like oh these zombies aren't just you know walking around slowly in herds like they got some like athletic movements to them. Like you kind of need to be moving in this apocalypse to get away from these zombies. Like I, I do like that aspect of the bonies that they were not exactly normal zombies that just kind of like pod around, like looking for someone to eat in in you know, herds and packs. Um, they had a little bit of athletic movement to them. I just think the execution of the look, like you said, could have been better. Because you could have made those zombies, like, actually scary. Um, and it could have been a little bit, like, more impactful. But at the end of the day, I, I maybe, the, maybe the story behind it is kind of a throwaway. But I bought it, you know, from an aspect of, like, oh, okay, like, they just haven't ate enough people in enough time. Like, or they've been a zombie for so long that they're kind of, like, skin and bones now. Like, they're too far gone. Like, they can't come back from from that basically so I, I like that aspect of it there's some stuff with the end of the movie that i just did not buy whatsoever. you just didn't buy whatsoever <laughs> yeah okay no. i feel that okay yeah uh, I mean. and 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 we'll we'll get to that but it was just i think i, I know exactly what scene you're talking about and i i get that but yeah. well no because it's not a scene necessarily it's just a, it's just a uh, yeah there, there's just there's just a change that takes place that I'm just like, I don't, I don't really know. 
I, I it's hard for me to really tiptoe around it without getting into more specifics. So I'll just leave it at that until I can get into more specifics. But the way the movie wrapped up seemed a little convenient. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. And it did uh, wrap up kind of suddenly to me. It did. No, um, unlike Ghost, where I was like, wow, that was a really good ending. Like, that was a... Like, wow, they executed that really well. This one was kind of like, oh, it's over? <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. So, um, grade, Mitchell? I gave this a B with a uh, 68.86%. 68.86. Okay, well... Spoiler. Well, not spoiler. Um, it's grade I, second, Brandon. I gave this a B as well. <laughs> I actually uh, liked Ghost War. Um, but I, I I'm like looking forward to the time where we can get into a screaming match about yeah, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll just be like an A minus. Yeah. I'll I'll skew the randomizer and just throw the green knight in there. Oh God, yeah. I, I just I still don't understand how people like that movie. But uh yeah, B and um my B is gonna be seventy seven point two. I just looked at my phone to make sure I had it right. Seventy seven point two. My god, we are way too similar with these. Way too similar. But B plus is for ghost, B for warm bodies. Now we're going to I don't think that either one of these movies really warrants like a lengthy spoiler discussion, but there is some stuff to talk about from these. So let's just go ahead and start with warm bodies. Since we are at warm bodies. Um, The thing that I didn't buy was the fact that all of the other zombies started to kind of like have that change that R had interesting. Okay. I understood it with R and I could even buy it with Rob Cordry's because he had spent so much time with R, but the fact that it happened so rapidly with everyone else just didn't, it just felt like, and we need to wrap this movie up. So they're all just getting better now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, Maybe if you're a zombie and you all of a sudden have this emotion and you start feeling more lifelike rather than lifeless, and then you run into another zombie and you kind of feel that way too, like slowly it wears off on this zombie and then it wears off on that zombie. And then, you know, it's a chain reaction. That's kind of how I want to buy it is like it was a chain reaction. Like the more these zombies spin with each other, like Rob Corgi's character turns to, I don't even know who that character was because he said his name at one point, and I might have been like Pete or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who that zombie was, but immediately he turns to him. He's like, "Can you feel it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I feel it." And it's like one of those things where it kind of like passes on. So that's how I choose to believe that it like happened. But I do think you're probably correct that it's a convenient way to wrap up the movie a little bit quicker than than it would have been to like spend another 15 minutes explaining like exactly why the zombies are like getting to that point, I guess. I had no issue with the whole, uh, R is a human again type of thing. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of where things were eventually leading. 
and I thought that that worked. I just didn't buy that it was the group change. I also just didn't find once they kind of because there's a point where they're at the that airport and they're kind of staying in that airplane together, and then they leave and they go to this house. Once they leave that house and they go back to like the where the humans are, they go behind that wall. I felt that things were a little bit less interesting. Personally, mm-hmm. the stuff with John Malkovich and all of that, I thought that that was, it was fine. There wasn't anything necessarily wrong with it. I just thought it was a lot more, maybe fun is the word I'm looking for. It was a lot more fun when they were kind of on the run together and trying to avoid these other zombies as opposed to the whole, let's try to convince dad that my zombie boyfriend's okay. Yeah, I, I think that aspect of it is take it or leave it in terms of in terms of that part of it. Um But like I said, I I like Nora as a character. I like Grigio. Like I, I liked John Malkovich. Like I didn't think it was it was bad. It just I guess that's a good way to put it, Mitchell. It was more fun when it was different. Like when they were like outside of the walls, it was more fun. And when it got to that point it was kinda like Okay, this movie's obviously trying to wrap up. Um, and how will they do it? And then, as you mentioned, it kind of just ends. Like, we get the love scene. They kiss They kiss each other. Um, for some reason, right after she kisses him, John Malkovich's character, her dad, uh, shoots at him and hits him in the shoulder. And I'm like, okay, well, your daughter's, like, standing five feet in front of him. So, you know. Hey, it's a good shot. Yeah, really, really nice aim, man. Really nice aim. Um, and then he goes like, "Oh, the next one will be the head." And then she like gets in front of him, so he can't shoot her, him. And then, but he's bleeding, right? So and then they realize like, he's hey, bleeding. Zombies don't like, bleed, so. Which was kind of a interesting thing because if you've watched like The Walking Dead or like other zombie material, like zombies still have blood. So I don't know. That was that was just very unique. I don't know how that worked, but. I guess logically speaking, they wouldn't. But the blood isn't much pumping logic... through their vein anymore. Yeah, like yeah. I don't really alive. know how much logic you can apply to a movie about a zombie and the girl, you know, getting together. Right, right. Um, I will say I I do appreciate that scene where she turns and goes, "Oh, he's bleeding!" Like, look, he's human, and like then it kind of changes. But right after that point, there's about another five or six minutes, and then it's just like, yeah, zombies and humans teamed up together to take on the bonies, and you know, we we killed them, <laughs> and and in movie is what it basically went to. It's very interesting. Um, I, maybe they just didn't have anything else, or do you think it was cut for like time purposes? Because I think this was like an hour and was it? An it was hour an and hour 40? and thirty eight minutes. Yeah, thirty-eight. Like, were they nice trying to stay and, nice under? Yeah, were they trying to stay under an hour forty-five? I, like, I'm not I exactly sure. They wanted to keep it brief, which you yeah, know, yeah. good call on their part. I want to go back to this year, 2013, because as we saw very recently, just last week at the time of recording, a movie like this does not always succeed. Lisa Frankenstein came out just last week and made like nothing. At the box office, where which is a shame, yeah, a movie that's very similar in warm bodies made 
twenty million dollars opening weekend and sixty six million overall and was a success. But I will say, and they also released it basically the exact same time, right? I mean, February, the yeah, exact same point early February, twenty months. I will say, I think there's a lot more competition for Lisa Frankenstein than it feels like there was for Warm Bodies. Um, just my personal point of view, I guess. Um, but I don't know. Uh, well, I hope no one's going to see. Never mind. I won't say it. <laughs> Argyle uh, made I'll six it, and yeah. a half million dollars and was number one. That's crazy. Warm Bodies made 20.3, and there were three movies that made more than Argyle did. Uh, there was the second week of Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. There was the third week of Mama, and then there was Silver Linings Playbook, which was still doing very well. Okay. So there was more competition for Warm Bodies. That's interesting. Yeah. And it was opening the same weekend as a Sylvester Stallone movie, Bullet to the Head, but that just bombed. Well, I didn't hear of that movie, so clearly that movie bombed. I think it's got uh, Jason Momoa in it as well. Interesting. But Momoa I, I, wasn't the name that he is right now. So you just think audiences aren't gravitating towards this? Or like February? Like maybe everyone's saving their money for Dune too. I, I don't know. Like, it also just seems like the YA genre has completely died off. Has like hit its peak or like it's yeah. done, like it's over. Yeah, like yeah, I, I feel like there was a you large. When Maze Runner came out. Maze Runner was like a huge YA thing. Like everyone was going to go see those movies. Maze Runner came out, but Maze Runner also took its time and waited a little too long for that last one to come out to where right, the YA well like, had okay, dried up. Because I think Divergent might have been the one that really killed it off. Because Divergent was kind of supposed to be the next one. And it ended terribly, and they didn't even finish it. I will say, I saw somewhere uh, yesterday that A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is also a YA-like fantasy series, was dropped by Hulu as a TV series and is not getting picked up by anyone. So, yeah, maybe YA is just dead, to be be honest with you. Um, I mean, that new Hunger Games movie did well, but... It also, it did well for a $100 million budget, but if you compare it to the way the Hunger Games movies were doing oh, they were Jennifer Lawrence, in like it's nowhere near close. Yeah, right? They were raking in like half a billion, I think, at one yeah. point. Oh, those yeah. were giant hits, whereas this yeah. just did well. Yeah, maybe YA just, maybe there just isn't an audience for it. And to be, to be honest, maybe, I hate to say this, maybe people aren't reading YA novels anymore because people aren't like, I, I feel like that's I I still think they part, are. Like I why are you really want to push back against that, but I don't know for sure. No. I don't but, I don't spend as much time with eighteen year old girls as I, I did <laughs> in the early twenty yeah. tens. Right, right. For good reason. When I was but, a teenager. <laughs> but I will say well, I shouldn't say that because I, I do think there's like people who still read, obviously. Um and like YA novels still sell. But in terms of like making those movies or TV content, like yeah, that well's kind of dried up. Like I just don't. Maybe we'll get one back where a, a series like you know Hunger Games becomes a huge hit again or something. Um, someone makes something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just very interesting that you, that Lisa Frankenstein bombed because I was kind of had high hopes for that. Um, in terms of that being like a decent movie. 
I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I same. have not I have not seen it. I'm So we're contributing I, to the problem. We are um, contributing to the problem, but I feel like I'm going to see it. I just right, haven't right. yet. Yeah, Whereas same. most people probably aren't going to watch it until it comes out on like Peacock in like three months or so. Which, yeah. you know, hey, it'll it'll be a, another cult classic that people will say, why did this not do well? Well, because didn't see it in the movie theaters. Right. And that's how you need to see it for things to do well. So piggybacking off of that, going to Ghost, I am like shocked that this movie made as much money as it did in theaters. Yeah, man. I saw that $505 million worldwide I number, and I was literally just shocked. stunned. I mean that's nineteen ninety five hundred too. Like yeah, like account for inflation like that's that's to the flashes. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I In nineteen ninety, just... yeah, it. I I don't know. Do people it's... just like Whoopi Goldberg? Because this was this was before Sister Act. So what else was she in before this? Like, it was the highest grossing movie of all time in the UK until Jurassic Park came out three years later. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Jurassic Park like is the original like box office smasher. I, I and I'm really I'm assuming don't... Titanic also like smashed box office records. Yeah. But um I, I, I don't I don't have a definite answer for you. For when Whoopi like what Whoopi Goldberg's like like why everyone was gonna go is it because of Swayze? It had to be because of Swayze then. Like everyone was gonna see this movie because of Swayze. Maybe. Maybe it was just marketed really well. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean this movie had incredible legs too, apparently. Like it was in theaters for a decent amount of time. And I mean to be going up against Die Hard Two and do pretty well against Die Hard Two is it's pretty phenomenal. Um, cause I mean, let's be honest, the first Die Hard didn't that absolutely kill the box office like it like i don't think it killed i think it was one of those that oh it was like it was like mid it was it it did decently but everyone talked about it and so then the second and third one blew up yeah people were like oh we gotta go see bruce willis and and dire too now um apparently channing tatum's production company picked up the rights and they He's going to produce and star in a remake of the film, and he's going to be Patrick Swayze's role. I mean, at this point, like they remake everything, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too like against that. Um, I'm always on with, like, the side of remake Roadhouse. movies that were bad, that had oh, good yeah, ideas. True. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'd rather I'm with you too. Like, I'd rather not see Jake Gyllenhaal in Roadhouse. I'd rather not see Tatum in Ghost, but. I My God, it. they remake everything that Swayze was in because they did a Point Break remake too, and that was awful. It was well, so bad. The original Point Break is like it's a really good movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. So I just, I just and don't know, Brandon. You have no idea. This movie was trash. Oh, I it didn't watch so it because I knew because I because I loved the original Point Break. Why the I, trailers were bad, but the movie was somehow my... like, you know what? So, we could be worse. Let's yeah. be worse. But why would and, and I? Why would I ruin my enjoyment of Point Break by watching some remake that I just know is going to be bad? I, I, I refuse. Maybe we'll watch it with this random, random, uh, randomness. But 
this random randomness. Yeah, I choose to uh, stay on the sidelines when it comes to watching something that I know I get probably that. actively hate. Um, for the most part, um, Tony Goldwyn, ma'am, is this obvious from the from okay. the jump? Yeah, sorry, yeah, from I'm the sidetracked. jump. This oh, yeah. movie does try to make you feel like, oh, it's a twist. No, it's not. I knew from the second that this movie that started. Grimy sob came on came on yeah. screen i knew no there was a zero percent chance that this dude was yeah. not involved now i will say when i saw the scene where he shows him the code and he goes obviously use discretion i'm like oh man that's wonderful foreshadowing by by the the writing team like obviously tony goldwyn's character is going to do something with this code <laughs> like later on in the movie i was like thoroughly convinced so i actually thought that was really good writing but yeah it was pretty obvious from the jump that his character was was not a good person um and you know what is crazy they they mentioned a plane crash on like like i guess they accidentally turn on the tv and like the news comes on and there's like a plane crash and he in swayze's character has a throwaway like Oh, like I should probably cancel my trip to LA soon because uh, all these plane crashes keep happening. And I'm like, oh, so Swayze's character's gonna die in a plane. Like that's just immediately what came in my head. I was like, oh, he's gonna like die in a plane and then he's gonna like come back. And but huh, um, I never it was interesting. I, I didn't catch on to that. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I uh, I I definitely thought there was like foreshadowing there because I was watching it next to next to my girlfriend Lindsay, and I turned to her and she had seen it before. So I turned to her and I go. Oh, so they're they're foreshadowing he's gonna die in a plane crash. And she's like, she just looked at me and was like, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, we'll we'll keep it moving here. But um I guess my my ultimate thing is so what was Tony Goldwyn's character? What was his character's like ultimate goal? Was it Money. just to rob him and then like everything was gonna be fine after that? Like I just don't understand like what was gonna be like like they I'm were gonna, gonna find out that his character stole money from the account, right? They were gonna find out. Like I'm I don't... gonna take your money, and then I'm gonna take your girl. Well, that that too. was oh my god, that, that was the whole that was his actively plan. annoyed me. Yeah, that actively annoyed me. It just seemed a little bit too like uh, like really we're we're, we're going here. Uh, yeah, okay. well, I mean, if sure. you if you if you're that much of a scum to like, you know, have someone rob your friend. So you could pay off these drug dealers, then I guess like the next logical step is I, let me just step know. in on his girl while he's dead, you know, <laughs> after the murder that I've I've been a part of, you know. I I uh I'm part of this murder. Let me just go ahead and step in and try to steal his girl. Uh call call runner, just not not a good person. Like just awful, awful, awful. He also just seemed like too much of a doofus. Yeah, too. Well, like everybody involved with like the evil plan was just like, I I feel like a kindergartner could have well, stopped you guys. I don't think they were very much had a plan. They kind of just like made it up. Like, so what you're gonna do is wait for my friend to come walking down the sidewalk with his girl, and then you're just gonna jump out with a gun and be like, "All right, man, give me your wallet." 
he's going to give you the wallet and then I'm just going to like use those codes and no one's ever going to find out that I used his codes to transfer money. Like I just, wow, just incredible, like dense stupidity. Um, and then Willie Lopez's character like kills him. And then the worst part is he kills Swayze's character. He shoots him, murders him. And then three days later, two days later, he comes back to the apartment looking for the wallet yeah. again. I'm like, stupid. I'm like, again, you, you got away with it. You got away with it. Just just let it be. But I guess there was too much money. I mean, there was $4 million, to be honest. So there was a little, little bit of cash in it. But still, like, man, the police do an awful job. Like, this man murdered someone. He's just walking around. Like, we got They're just no kind of non existent in this movie, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. No, Sam. Patrick Swayze's character Sam kind of has to be the detective on the scene, which is which is an interesting uh, interesting, I guess, plot device. Like he's kind of doing himself as a ghost. Um, but uh, okay, okay. So the last thing I'm going to say is when Carl goes to Willie's place and he's like, "Yo, man, what happened?" Like when Swayze's character puts it together. His face that he makes is really funny. He's like, my friend, my friend got me. I can't believe he killed me. Like, uh, like it was kind of funny. Like, um, just his reaction to finding out that his friend Carl is a piece of shit. I, I think that the people that made the movie were expecting the audience to have the same face. Right. And, and it's like, well, we knew from the job like, that Carl was yeah, not a good person. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the I'm least surprising thing ever. <laughs> I mean, really, it's the only thing we can talk about with spoilers because I mean, everything else is kind of like yeah. I mean, well, I will say the the effects that we were talking about earlier, where Willie Lo- Willie Lopez, um, his character, you know, gets hit hit by multiple cars, he dies, he immediately comes out of his body and like becomes a soul and or a ghost, and is like well, looking at his dead body. And then you see like the creatures come up from the depths of hell to like drag him back down. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shit, like, like that's not a good way to go. Um, no. And then I guess the last, the last thing I will say is, how do you feel about Carl's death? Because that almost seemed a little too ridiculous. What happened it was, I didn't really mind it, but it, it did seem very, just, yeah, ridiculous is a good word for it. Yeah, I don't even know if we need to get into exactly what happens, but, like, the glass falling on it, yeah, it just didn't. To me, it was like, okay, like, that's how he died. Like, And then, honestly, the best part of Carl and Sam's relationship is when he comes out and he's like, Sam? And he's like, oh, Carl. Oh, <laughs> oh, buddy, dude, you're about to have something bad happen to you. Yeah, and then he gets you're about to have a rough day. Right, I did. I did really hell. like, and I probably should have mentioned this in the non-spoiler part as well. But I liked yeah. how, whenever someone died, there was that little moment where they didn't really know that they were dead, and so mm-hmm. they kind of carry on for a brief moment, like, right, huh? Well, I'm alive, and then they notice the that they're not that they're that they're dead, and I thought that was a really interesting touch. I liked that. If that's how it happens. Like, 
in actuality, that's a little bit scary to think about. Like, yeah, turn around and see your dead body. You're like, oh, not the greatest thing in the world, but not the greatest thing in the world. But and then and then there's like that brief like 30 seconds where it's deciding between heaven and hell. And then it's like, oh, guy's a bad person. He's going to hell um, or in Sam's case where he gets like a few days. Yeah, well, it's because it's because he he uh, remember he was he was going to get picked up and like lifted to heaven i guess and he kind of walks out of the light away from it so i i was trying to figure out exactly what happened so basically he like prolonged his stay on earth as a ghost like he's caught in between worlds because like he decided to stay in between like i just thought that was very like what about that subway guy it seemed like he'd been there for a long 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 time yeah the subway guy was just like yeah i've been here since the 60s like i saw the miracle (laughs) mets like this guy's yeah i've been here i was here when the mets were were better than the yankees like i've I've been here for a while like i just don't know exactly what the subway guy was doing but i'm telling you there's there's a spinoff story to that subway ghost yeah living his life there's There's material there guys i'm shocked that they didn't do something considering the fact that this movie made 500 million dollars yeah instead of making a remake make that movie just i'd watch it i watched the hell out of it yeah fair but um i guess the last thing i was gonna say was spoilers um do you like how it ended because i really think it was like a very well executed ending i liked how it ended i just think it went on for a little too long fair but I did like the way that it wrapped up. Yeah, it was like it was kind of like not the perfect shot, but it was a very good shot where it was we're sending Swayze's character off to heaven, and yeah. you kind of see Demi Moore's character in the background, like crying, going like "I'll see you, I'll see you some other time, I'll see you later." And it was like okay, like that's a very good way to end a movie. Um, yeah, I really liked the ending a lot. I do think it probably went on a touch too long, probably like five minutes, but so be it. Um, yeah, I'm really glad we we got to do these two together. Like you said, um, I'm I'm excited that we get more combos of like things. That, yeah, that that's that's kind of what we're gonna be doing moving forward. So we're not doing a Gene Hackman Oscar winner not with a that... Marlon Wayans piece of dog shit. Not not that I hate um, the randomness of of doing that, but it, this just felt right. So yeah. All right. Well. That will wrap things up for Ghost and Warm Bodies. The next three that we have on deck, we've got the uh, the 1999 Best Picture question. Should it have been American Beauty? Maybe The Sixth Sense? Maybe The Green Mile like we talked about. We're going we're gonna to review The Sixth Sense and American Beauty. Then we're going to keep going with the uh, romantic movies, more romantic dramas with The Notebook and Shakespeare in Love. And then the Quentin Tarantino deep dive begins as we review Reservoir Dogs and Django Unchained. So that's what you guys have to look forward to. Hopefully some some pretty fun reviews coming up. Brandon, thank you for joining me as we talked about two movies that we had a good time with. As always, check them out for yourself. Maybe you'll like them more. Maybe you'll like them less. But make your own opinion. and. Hopefully you found some movies that you didn't know you would love that you do. So for Brandon 2, I'm Mitchell Lee. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later.